Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. On this episode, episode, yes, 75, we've got there, we are reviewing Run from Netflix, our something to scream about, we'll uh, talk about later, and also we are reviewing our movie from the vault is Rosemary's Baby, plus not only all of that greatness, but we have a special guest today. It's no other than Geordie Paul, all the way from Ireland. Hail Satan! <laughs> diddly dee, diddly die. Hello. Hello, chaps. Hello. How's that sexy little car park going? You're going to be doing some dogging later. I am. I've, I've, I've got the doors locked and people are looking at me funny when they walk past. But yeah, no, I'm all good. I'll, happy, uh, w- very happy to be here. I'll warn you in case I see you like a sausage slip through the window. Yep. <laughs> got to pay the bill somehow in COVID, so... Oh my God, <laughs> that got dark very quickly. <laughs> and how are you doing, Mr. Paul Butcher? I am fucking good. Well, full of energy. Well, apart from the weather's doing tipsy-top bollocks, but, you know, so it's been been a been a good couple of weeks. I've, I've been getting through some shit. I've got some stories to tell. So, uh what about, what about you? Do you want to kick off what you've been doing for the last couple of weeks? Me? Um, not much, really. I've been doing a lot of gardening. Okay. <laughs> any movies nah. Any movies in your garden, between gardening? Oh, no, I haven't really watched anything, to be honest. Um, I've been quite um, busy watching the stuff for the podcast, really. I haven't really watched anything. It's really lame. It is, because there's shitloads on at the moment. i got a fucking plethora of some garbage and some fucking awesome shit. Well, why don't you tell us what you've been watching, and then we'll, we'll ask Paul what he's been watching. Yeah, well, let's get... I want to fucking find out what Paul's been fucking slavering his chest and hair with. Um, uh, Cabin in the Woods... <laughs> pop, yeah, I don't know. The Cabin, Cabin in the Woods popped on to Netflix, so I rewatched that. So good old Joss Whedon produce, production. Yeah. Spot on a bit of old four in it. I quite like that. We we quite like that one. That's a Dare good. Dare we say his name? Oh, Jossie, Jossie Whedon. Oh, oh. Can't do any harm to us. Um, I watched an absolute garbage movie, which I gave half a star. If you're following me on Letterbox, that's bad. If uh, you've given it a uh, half a star, it was a film called Beneath. Which, oh, uh, you, you watched the fish one. <laughs> yeah, you did. You you sent me that, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so is this fault? Yeah, it's Jordan Paul's fault. I was thinking. I was. I was like, I, I put it on to start with, and got into it fifteen minutes in, and then I turned it off, and then I was like, oh come on, come on, there's something good's going to happen, or it's going to be utter garbage, and it's going to be worth talking about. It was no redeeming features throughout the whole fucking thing. It was just like a bunch of poorly acting teens on a boat 
in the middle of a lake, which they couldn't paddle. And they just made mistake after stupid mistake. But the mistakes they made were just so lame. So lame. They were like attacking this big fucking fish with the oars, which then they started throwing. And they were trying to get the oar back with the hands when they had the other oar on the boat to get it back anyway. They were fucking dumb shits. And every little one of them deserved to die. But it was fucking, it was, it was like pulling teeth. <laughs> pulling teeth. Some just the some of the the it was really really poor poorly structured story. So, uh, but the you know the fish was fucking pretty cool. <laughs> That's why it got half a star. <laughs> um, and probably the best thing on TV at the moment, apart from Winter Soldier and whatever it is, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, which I think to be honest, I'm actually liking this more than the Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's called Invincible. It's from Mr. Robert Kirkman. And it's a, an adult cartoon. Um, when. It's from a comic, isn't it? Yeah, well, he did, he, I think, I'm not sure, I think Invincible came before Walking Dead. It's quite a while back, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it had a similar run. Um, it, ha- it was like almost like the second longest run, running comic. Whereas, like, Walking Dead was like the longest. I think Invincible was like the second. And I was meant to pick it up and, and like have a read of it. And I, I'll tell you what, I think I will be doing that. Um, in, unless someone tells me that this, the comic is nothing like the TV show because the TV show is epic. It starts off with this really heartwarming story about, um, you know, a little kid who is just sort of gaining his powers. His dad, he wants to sort of impress his dad who's like called Omni Man and is like the best superhero in the, in the, in the planet. And you okay, this is a nice heartwarming story. And then the fights are pretty hardcore, you know, there's some good blood and bat and gore. But Jesus Christ, the last five minutes of the first episode is where you think, Oh, this is fucking epic. And and it's sort of then you go and you're in on something that uh, is so hardcore and gory. I mean it's probably I've watched a lot I watch a lot of anime and a lot of like, you know, manga and all that sort of stuff. I've seen some you know, Fist of North Star, Monster City, Akira, and all that sort of stuff. This rivals those for the for what you see at, on screen. It's incredibly gory. How long uh, are each episode? Fucking meaty. They're meaty. They're like 45, 49 to 50 well, that minutes. That puts me off. Mate, honestly, it's not enough. It, the the runtime is epic. And they dropped, there's three dropped uh, so far. So they're doing it like the boys. It's going to be one, okay. one per week. So you don't have to like, you know, be scared and... And binge all. It's honest, Amazon Prime as well, isn't it? Amazon Prime, yeah. Mate, honestly, it's the best thing that I, that's on TV at the moment. It's fucking cool. ace. So, yes. definitely worth a shout. I'm guessing none of you boys have sort of watched it yet then. No, but I will be. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I've never, I could never rate anything higher than, than, than this thing at the moment. That's, it is, it's fucking brilliant. So, and it's like, not just that, it's the depth of, um, actors that they've got as well um i know like there's uh seth rogan plays this thing this person I thought he had something to do with it. he's got well, he's got a yeah. mini part he's got a tiny mini part it's that's why it's so funny he's just didn't he, i think he part. might have produced it as well or something yeah like that, but, in some but sort of... alan alan the alien he plays but stephen young who plays glenn is oh, uh, it? Mark, oh, well, he, he's the best he voiced the mark grayson the main character and it's oh, like jk cool. simmons voices his dabbed omni man you'll see like there's just so many that just pop up and you'll just be oh, like... You've got me interested now. Hey, honestly, it's, over. it's fucking crazy. Julian Jacobs and the community's in it and honestly, it's fucking, it's fucking great. <laughs> um, who's the one... 
who plays ah oh, the, the destructor. You'll like him. He's like a fucking weird old. I can't remember his name, but he's a fucking comedian. Ah, oh, it's the crazy one. Did you ever watch um, uh, Parks and Rec? Yes. Do you know the one who was with the perfume guy? The sort of Asian bloke, the per- perfume oh, with crazy hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the league. He's in loads of funny shit. He's just fucking over-exaggerated. He's ace. And it's seriously, it's, it's fucking, it's something you have to watch. I can't rate it high enough. Cool. Bringing that every week. Yeah, so that's my, that's what I've been filling my week with. Just before we go over to Paul, Jewelry Paul, I did actually watch something I remembered. I watched a movie called Countdown about an app that tells you when you're going to die. That was, it, at the cin- that was at the cinema, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's pretty, it was a pretty big release. It's not that bad. It's right. worth a watch. It's only, it's very short. I think it's like an hour and 20. Um, but it's, it's not, it's not the greatest thing. But it's just like, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. If there was an actual app. I mean, I think they actually created an app that you can go on and, and do it. Um, but it just, it's just one of those things is if that was available, would you do it? Would you have that kind of like in you to want to find out and stuff like that? It's quite, it's quite, it's, it's a clever film, but. It's not the best ever, but it's definitely worth watching, I'd say. But I yeah, that, I think I can remember the marketing around it at the time. They did have an app that came out, and you yeah, could see. There is. I'm, I, I'm not downloading it. I'm not superstitious, <laughs> but I'm not doing it. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I watched a good documentary called Sea Spiracy, which was pretty fucked up. Um, Everyone seems to, in the world seems to have watched that. So. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, but definitely worth a watch that one as well. What about you, Jory Paul? What have you been doing? Well, I've just been trying to catch up with you lot, so every time I hear something on the podcast, I try and watch it. So, the past couple of weeks, I've watched Possessor. Um, what do you think about Possessor? Oh, Jesus, wept. Where did you start? <laughs> um, oh, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I, what a film. What a film. Brutal, brutal. Um, and, you know, you can tell it's going to be good when my missus won't watch it because of the front cover. She <laughs> <laughs> just said, no. No, you can watch that one by yourself. Um, and then I also watched uh, Scent Mode. Oh. Oh, my God. Wow. What a film. What, a, it, film. what yeah. a film. I mean, it was great. It just pulls you in and then wallop. Um, I, I, I think you should do that one. Where you're gonna I still on. think we should go back and do that one, too. Jesus. I, I mean, if people, have, if people haven't seen it, definitely watch it because it's just such a great film and you don't really know where it's going. And then, boom, fuck me, does it hit you across the chops? So, yeah, love that. Um, yeah, and then not not really a, a ton of other horror, being uh, Walking Dead's obviously back on, so I'm on that. And then uh, I got Amazon Prime, so just sort of lifting stuff off that. Uh, I watched I Care a lot. I know it's not horror, but it, good movie. It, it is very good. And then obviously coming to America, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't really get a lot of time now with, Two, two children, so uh, yeah. See how it feels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feel my like, like I said, but them two. I sort of spoiled myself on them two films, really, because I watched them like in like three days, back sort of back to back. Oh, and that's, a good, like, that's a good three films, though, isn't it? Jesus, yeah, but I just needed to have a break, I think, from horror after it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, they, they were they were unreal. They were really, really good. So, especially yeah. they're really dark as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, St. Maud, man. Fucking hell. You needed a day, a couple of days break after that. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough, like I've said before, I, I literally just caught that 
the last thing I caught at the cinema before they closed. Literally just like yeah, really lucky bastard. blown away. I just like I said before, I just didn't want that shit Bill and Ted movie to be the last thing I watched at the cinema. <laughs> oh my god. I'm trying to erase it from my memory, but we won't go there. Anyway, should we get on to some news? Yeah, do you want to kick us off, Matt? Yeah, I could, I've got a couple of little things. First of all, straight off the bat, I want to hear your reactions, and I hope you, I know Paul, Jordy Paul's seen it, to the teaser trailer to Ghostbusters. Um, I've only watched the little bit with Paul Rudd. And That's what I'm all about. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I want to hear your thoughts, because obviously Jordy <laughs> Paul is a massive Ghostbusters fan. I thought they are taking the piss with it, to be honest. I think they copied um, yoga hoses that Kevin Smith did, to be honest. So, not really All sure. Goosebumps. Not, There's a similar not, thing that happens in Goosebumps. Not, as very, well. ori- not very original. <sighs> you know what I think? I just think they sat around the table and went, we need a baby Yoda. Oh, we I need know. A baby Yoda. What can we do? What can we do? And like, and do, do you know what it did remind me of, though? It reminded me a lot of Gremlins. You know, whether like literally burning each other alive and like making each other sandwiches. So there was an element, but it, when I first saw it, I thought, what is this film going to be now? Yeah, um, and I just, I just think that's a market employee. I don't, I if that's part of the fucking movie, I'm. That's I, what I mean. What, Do you not think it's like a, just a bait? I think, I think it's a bait, and I'm, I'm, I really hope it's a bait because, and to be honest, it doesn't, if it is part of the marketing, genius, I'll give them a clap. Um, and I'll buy the little Stay Puft marshmallow <laughs> yeah. They're fucking brilliant. You know, they'll bring them out in, like, yeah, yeah, marshmallow but, form and everything. But I don't need that in the movie. I don't need that in the movie. <sighs> I, I just, I don't know, because I thought, like, you have, you've got to have zero expectations going into it, but the fact that it's a direct sequel, the fact that it's got the original cast in it, uh, and the, uh, it seemed to be going for a sort of Stranger Thingsy vibe. Now I know well, it's a guy from Stranger Thingsy, but it seemed to be going down that sort of route. And I thought, well, all right, cool, I'm in there. And then just to whip it and go, actually, we're going to put some little cute steer puffs in. I was a bit sort of, oh. No. I think it's going to suffer from being. I don't know. I think it's going to suffer from CGI overload. I think. Oh, it's just going to suffer from that kind of like. I'm going to pull it in nostalgia strings. I'm down on it at the moment. Are we going to try too hard to be funny? Whereas the genius thing about Ghostbusters, uh, like obviously the first one, the second one is enjoyable, but it's nowhere near the first one. A lot of that was subtle humour and like really sort of black humour. And I just, is this one going to go into like, I don't know, like fart jokes? Bill Bill Murray's come out and said that it's like, he's kind of said that it is like, completely pays homage and in the same vein as the first movie but well, then, then he's then, got a lot to do with it hasn't he then bravo but i just thought i lit the first thing i thought saw when i saw it was that they've just put a baby yoda in because they think that's what everyone wants to say now that's mm. what that that's what i thought now maybe it's just me being cynical and i hope they got it great and i'll go and see it but yeah that's what of i course. thought They'll get they'll get bums on seats, whether it's Yeah, of course. So regardless of the fact that I think yeah. it's gonna be awful or not, I'm gonna go and see what the product is like, like the same as I did with Bill and Ted, and then I'll just come out either with a massive cheesy smile on my face or I'll be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to ask you guys on that really first of all. Cool. Um another bit of news. Um have you seen that um Marvel have brought out the first issue of Alien a comic? What? No, I've seen what? it. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah. very good as well. What do you mean? Like, 
they're doing a new comic. Yeah, so they've, they've basically, obviously, because Marvel not owned the rights to the Alien franchise, they've kicked off, and I knew this was coming. I didn't know whether this was going to be this soon, but they've uh, kicked off of issue one, um, and issue two comes out on, at the end of the month. Oh, it's um, my birthday next month, just saying. But you can order, there's like loads of different variant covers, ranging from like £8 to kind of £100. They're ridiculous. Just just saying it's my birthday next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know whether I was going to, I didn't know whether I was just going to go for, for issues or get kind of like, just wait, for, wait for the graphic novel. Wait for the graphic novel, yeah. I mean, I've, that is probably what I do. I, I hate waiting six months, but yeah, I'll probably wait for the graphic novel. But, you know, it's still my birthday next month, so if I were to get issue one, then that'd be amazing. Sure, <laughs> we can stretch to eight pounds. <laughs> Hundred. Heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, so that that's quite cool. I like that, because that, that's um, something yes. I've been waiting for, so a bit, bit of Alien. Um, I don't know if you saw, A24 have got um, some a new movie in the works. There's not much information about it. But it's going to apparently be a slasher movie. And they've got, you know, the uh, woman that starred in Borat 2. Maria Bakalova. Yeah, she is going to be in it. And it's all we know that it's it's going to be called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oscar nominated Maria. She is Oscar nominated. (laughs) Well, you know, there's not much to uh, choose from. But she was good (laughs) in Borat 2, I'll give her that. She was fantastic. But yeah, so that's that's quite interesting. I like um, I like A twenty four, you know. So, well, that um, that crimson is a crimson knight or red knight versus the dragon with Dev Patel in it looks mental. Yeah, mm, they, they 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 just um tend to just pick the right stuff. I don't think I've seen a dud yet, really. That Her- hereditary. Wow, yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, it wasn't a dud. We I went back and listened to it. We we did give it like seven out of ten. We didn't actually smash it that much, but, you know, it's not, so. <laughs> and the last bit I've got, um, I'm sorry if, if you had it on your list of news, either of you, um, but have you seen um, Jed Shepard's latest, latest product, project? Fucking no, right? I was, I knew yeah. you'd bring that, but I, I've got, I had it too. Yeah, um, so he, have you heard about this, Port Geordie? No, no. So he's bringing out a, a game. Um, it's a horror game, and it stars all of the ladies from Host, um, which is quite interesting. Um, so he's using the same cast, but it's going to be a live game. Um, so it's on Kickstarter, so you can back it. So obviously it hasn't been backed yet completely, but I don't think they're going to have to worry about that. And you can obviously pay different brackets amount of money, and you get different packages and stuff. But as far as I know, it's, a, it's an actual kind of, live event so you'll lo- you'll log in live at a certain time and you play along with the characters live um and they've got like creature effects guys on board of work for jim henson's workshop um they've got designers um that are designing the creatures they've got graham humphreys doing the the artwork for the game sleeve it's just immense and it sounds awesome i mean i don't quite get yet how it'll work I um, I don't get it at all. I mean, in my head, when I first saw it, I was like, "Is this like um like the old VHS tape? Uh, what was it called? Atmosphere?" Yeah. Like, that, but he, he, they said like, if you log out at any time during you play, then they all die. Mm. And I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean every? I, 
I, I, do you get your own individual game? Because everyone's going to have to log in at like a, a certain time, like 10 o'clock mm. or at night. That's right, yeah. And then you've got to play it through in live. But does that mean... I don't really understand the technique. Well, that, that's me out straight away because of my internet connection. Everyone <laughs> will be dead after 30 seconds. But it's like... It's, it's not a phone game. You can get it on your PS4. Uh, you can play it on your Mac. I don't understand it. I'm going to... I'm, I'm really looking forward to... I'm interested. I'm, someone needs to explain the technology to well, me. Cause I've, mate, you know, we'll, have to, we'll have to get Jed on and, and he can Yeah, talk. yeah, yeah. Definitely, because I just need I need it I need it dumbed down for me because I don't really understand it. <laughs> the, the whole concept sounds awesome. I'm I mean, guessing it'll that... be pre-filmed, but and it won't actually be live. Actually. I don't know. There's, apparently, they've like created these actual creatures and ghosts, and get they've given them names like proper names and stuff. So they've already kind of like come up with a concept of the the the, the monsters and stuff. So, but I'm sure it'd be good fun. I mean, it's not it's, there's some good. Um, some good packages on Kickstarter. There's one for around £40 where you get the whole a physical copy of the game and um, some other bits and naming the credits and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely worth a look and um, checking it out. I'm sure we'll get more information as it goes on. Cool. Looking forward to that. Awesome. Uh, that's all my news. Um, you got any, Paul? It's just a couple of film trailers that I've seen that I, I, I dropped recently. So uh, Ben Wheatley's new film, is it In the Earth? Yeah, yeah. That, that looks insane. Um, I'm very apt for the times. And also, uh, the new saw, the spiral trailer. Did you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not sure of it. No, that will never It's It could go either way, couldn't it? Really, it could be another sort of just another saw film. But um, I don't know. I don't know. There's well, they just announced that they just. I mean, in part, you know, I was going to say that they've just announced that they're doing a. They signed up for a tenth movie to make to sort of round off the franchise to get that that epic sort of tenth movie. Yeah. So Spiral's not going to be the last one. Right. But is it going to be, I don't know what's going to happen to Chris Rock. What's Chris Rock's going to be? Going to be? That's, that's pretty, that's pretty um, big to, to kind of just put all your eggs in that basket because they've got to depend on this film doing the money to obviously fund the next one unless they've already funded it. But I'm sure people will go out and watch it because there's a lot of fans out there. Yeah, there is for the franchise. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> that know. was it that was All it right. cool. from me. well I've got a couple of things that have popped up on popping on to Shudder in the next month uh, the movie we keep talking about Matt PG Psycho Gorman oh. except for a May release in on Shudder in UK and Ireland so Yay! finally we will be get to um, get to watch that and review that in May which is fantastic and I'm sure that'll be in amongst fucking Army of the Dead and all that other stuff that's coming on in May in Netflix it seems to be like we're gonna we're gonna see a big influx of stuff, I think, over the next couple of months as um, cinemas open and you know streaming services get their fair share as well. Um, well, I haven't watched the regulars yet, but I'm going to talk about that. There was uh, another trailer that I watched called Shadow and Bone. I think it's a new series that's coming onto Netflix. Is I that the it, one like it? This, it's like the fantasy world thing. Yeah, a series yeah. adaption of Lee Bardo's best-selling Grishaverse novels. Never heard of it. Um, it's coming to streaming service on April twenty-third. So it's this month. Um, it's so it finds them in a war-torn world where a lowly soldier and orphan alienist Stakov has just unleashed unleashed an extraordinary power that could be the key to settling the country free. It looks a bit like Airbender, uh, the last Airbender, but like kind of horror-y um, very dark and very dingy it's very fantastical but 
also quite creepy and stuff like that as well at the same time lots of monsters lots of like weird powers and stuff out that people want to use light versus dark and all that sort of stuff but the trailer looked phenomenal shadow and bone um it, it did look incredible um everyone wants a piece of a this this power basically she unleashes the power of the sun or some shit like that and can destroy the monsters but it does look it's just you know it's magic it's all that sort of stuff and it does look very good so i'll probably watch that when it comes out if I can try and smash out the irregulars in between then as well. So, um, what else have I got? I had bodies, 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 but you've told me, you told us all that. I hope you host and the sort the, the saw franchise. Um, trailer for another thing that's going to drop in May, um, Friday the seventh of May, which is fucking, I, I think might be one of the best. It could be the best thing that comes out this year or the worst. I'm not really sure yet. It's a comic. Another comic adapt- adaptation from Mark Millar's universe. So we know that he signed with Netflix to give them a lot of his property. Um, and obviously, you know, he's already done Kick-Ass and Kingsman and stuff already. But this first outing is with Jupiter's Legacy, which I've got. And you know about it, don't you, Matt? And you know about it, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So, this looks pretty good. I'm quite excited for this. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I can't. I mean, the comic's fucking like graphic. Like in some of the, and it's, but it's another punchy fighty. I say this was almost like a live action. Another, it looks quite similar to the boys, maybe, but I don't, but it seemed, but a bit more serious. That's why I was worried. The boys is great because it's comedy and it's black comedy and it's like, you love it because of that. This seems very, very serious. It might you know, be it, a bit it more is. like the Watchmen style. Maybe. Of. Yeah. The, the costume is epic in the trailer. And who's the main guy? Is it Tim? It's not Tim Fiolifan, is it? It's, it's the, it's I can't the, remember. It's the other Transformers guy, I think. That's Shia the, LaBeouf. Yeah, not him. Um, uh, Josh, Josh, Josh Duhamel. Yeah. Oh, Josh Duhamel. Yeah, yeah Josh Duhamel. So he's playing um, the main dude. Um, and the world is quite weird. It's sort of like the kids are in this sort of like plastic you know social media like i've got to get a, i've got to get franchise i've got to be seen punching villains and all that sort of stuff and the the violence is very very intense in the in the books so it'll be interesting to see where they take it and if it's going to have the the humor or be humorless and just be a bit more serious because i don't know we think we've had anything like this before in in, in this it's very it's very grown up it's very grown up so it'd be really cool. So that's that's out in May. So very very much looking forward to that. So there's a bit of a merch update. Yep, love uh, a bit of merch. Mad about horror, that UK beautiful UK company. If you look mm. on their website, they got so much to pre-order. They got some wicked puppet master one to one scale dolls at the moment, about five hundred quid. But again, it's my fortieth birthday next month. Just saying. <laughs> um, but they do have a um, I can't even think it's a one to six um model of um. Our favourite clown, Art, Art the Clown from the Terrifier. And they're bringing out that. I mean, where the fuck is Terrifier 2? It's coming, apparently. It's coming. Okay. But they're a great fucking... I'm, I'm, I'm uh, all over that shit this year, Mad About Horror. I'm going to be buying some stuff off them. Uh, they're a fucking great um, uh, place for all things horror. Uh, what did you say, Geordie Paul? What's coming? Uh, I was just a bit of a... I saw it, he put her up, like he did a VHS, Alicad Graphics did their VHS sort of 
beat like past future past present and future and uh their next VHS collection with a lovely box is going to be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre so I'll be having one of them bad boys yeah that that is fucking rather good I don't have any Texas Chainsaw Massacre merch at all actually so that'd be fucking great yeah. all over that shit but yeah I think that is me that is all I got so I think we can uh, put the news to bed now that was some long news <laughs> That's a lot of news. <laughs> a lot of shit's coming down the line, mate. Yeah, Next couple of months exciting as we start to reopen and can watch stuff. I mean, obviously, I suppose the really big important news that we didn't talk about is the fact that Godzilla vs. Kong is smashing all... <laughs> Matt doesn't want me to talk about this shit. He's got no love for the big monster movies, but fuck you, Matthew. I want to get myself all knee-deep in some kaiju shit and some big fucking monsters. If you please. go and spend that fifteen ninety nine well-earned cash, mate, you do it and I enjoy will. it. I'm, I'm gonna hate on you for that. It's all good. I ain't going out on a Friday night spunking it on beer anymore, so I'll spunk it on some big fucking Godzilla. A big monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Growing up, Kong. Right, anyway, let's stop the news, move on to our main review. You do everything for me. You teach me. You cook for me. Am I a burden? Sweetheart. I could do more. I'm your mom. It's my job to take care of you when you need me. And you need me. Are you okay, Mom? Of course I'm okay. I have you. Okay, this episode's main review comes from netflix and is a movie called run and it's about a homeschool teenager who begins to suspect her mother is keeping a deep dark secret from her starring the wonderful sarah paulson and in the uh in a prime role kira allen as chloe sherman directed by anise shaganati right boys let's hear from paul go on did you watch this movie? For, for I did watch this movie. Yes. <laughs> did you watch this movie? I did. I hope so. Just lucky. <laughs> um, what do you think? Yeah, it, uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, the first off, right, Sarah Paulson is sort of good in anything, isn't she? She's fucking amazing, and she is inc- she is actually incredible in this film. Um, just un- she just does unhinged very very well. Even when she's not unhinged, she seems unhinged. If that makes sense. Um, and yeah, she was just phenomenal in it. Um, All in the eyes, mate. All in the yeah. Eye. Um, I picked it up quite quickly. I, I don't know if everyone else probably would pick it up very quickly. What was actually happening? It didn't really sort of. There wasn't any real mystery about what was going on. Um, and then I thought a, a few of the scenes were very incredibly incredibly tense, of course, and. I literally spent the first bit of the film going, is this like misery too? <laughs> and uh, I think I definitely think Sarah Paulson put in a bit of a Kathy Bates performance. So yeah, no, I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. It's like like you say. I don't know if you boys noticed. I mean, we'll get into it in a bit, but the massive nods to Stephen King. Yeah, I don't know if you guys. Yeah, like well, it had mis- it had mis- like Paul said, it had misery written all over it. Well, yeah, the the, the fact the farm you get did you, did you catch the pharmacist's name? 
Pharmacist. No, go on. Kathy Bates, her name was, if you didn't catch that. I was proud of myself on these. This was, this is purely like looking. And if you're on the, if, when she was on the phone to whatever it was finding to get the pharmacy number, um, they gave an, an, an example of, um, um, Derry, Maine. Oh. Uh, yeah. This isn't a Stephen King book though, is it? No, oh. no. This is, I think they're just, it was just a massive, like somebody who's a big, big, big fan of obviously Stephen King-esque sort of stuff. Because it, like you said, it did have that mass. It had that feel around it of 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 misery. Because I even turned to my partner, and I said to her, my wife, and I said, Ah, this is like it's kind of like misery just flipped a little and updated a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Sarah Paulson was amazing, and the girl that played Chloe, Kira Allen. Yeah, yeah. She she is actually she's not she's actually in a wheelchair in real life. So she's been in a wheelchair since 2014 which I thought was quite good. And apparently they wanted her, um, so they wanted somebody who, who actually is really real in life in, in a wheelchair. Do you know what I mean? To, is, this her first, is, is this her first outing? I don't know. I think she's done a few TV things, I think. I mean, looking at her IMDb, she's got like one thing in here, which is like a long time ago, 2014. So mm-hmm. she hasn't really got a big filmography on um, IMDb, but well, she's like incredible. Absolutely incredible. I'd watch. I'd watch her again in uh, in anything. Hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I I quite liked it. It's kind of like the whole thing. It kept you on the edge of the seat when when she was like always at the window checking if her mum was still in the garden. She was kind of like on trying to get away from her mum finding out things. It, it was cool. But like you said, Paul, there was it was a little bit predictable in places. Um, but I don't yeah, know. just it centers around how she's caring for her sick daughter, and obviously at the start it gives you the sort of four main things that are wrong with her, mm. like broken down and explained what they are, and then it's pretty much it, it, yeah. I don't think I don't know. It probably doesn't mean to because it's it's very easy to go well. She's obviously keeping her sick because it's just the college that she wants to go to college, and there's no yeah. there's no letters coming, and yeah. like she's always like heads her off at the door straight away, and then. Like instantly, she's suspicious of her mother after however many years on the and planet. The, and the so fact that she's like, like, right, mother, I don't believe you anymore. So it just sort of gets on. It sort of gets on with it. But you sort of like, well, what made you suddenly just think my mother's a bit weird? Right, and the fact <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not sure about that actually. I think it, I think that uh, mistrust had been going on for a, a while because if you remember her opening her money box, there was a lot of. Um, drugs that she hadn't been taken, so I think she'd question the drugs that she's been t- looking at in the past. I, I really think oh, she, right. I, I felt that she'd been questioning it for a while, and it wasn't just something we were just coming in into the story on. But yes, like you said, she had a lot of a lot of ailments: asthma, paralysis, diabetes, heart problems. So she had a plethora of like fucking drugs that she had to take, or supposedly had to take, and we're led to believe that. You know, if you watched it and you're a gullible or, you know, and you and you literally pause it down the line, we're led to believe that this is her daughter that at birth has had all these issues and that she's maintaining. But immediately, because you've got this distrust and I think you're like, well, I actually, if it's a horror movie, yeah, she's not. the That's not her daughter. That's the the only thing that could be possible was the fact that it 
and it take for me it took the mystery away apart from the good performances and the world production movie the tension setting of the whole scenes that they've done for me the whole emphasis and the whole story was kind of like i know what's going to happen i know that there's going to be a reveal i wonder how they're going to do the reveal mm. and it and and then it was so it was almost just waiting for the reveal uh, i suppose for me but I couldn't. I was not bored waiting for that re- reveal. So no. that was the good thing about it. Yeah, um, no point was I don't think it lost a pace or anything. And I, I like it. It made some really good choices as well because, like, I I I thought, oh, here we go. The postman's just going to give her up and give her back and get like, do you know what I mean? They're going to go down that old road where he's going. Oh, I'm really sorry. I just you know. But he actually stuck to his guns, and I thought that was quite a good choice. And I'm, I knew 100% he wasn't going to get away with it. I knew that something was going to happen to him. But I liked the choice that he was like, no, I'm sorry, you're not, you're not taking her. I'm, I'm, I'm taking her in. Like, you know, I've got to trust what she's told me. And yeah. I thought that was quite a good decision to make. Totally agree. And it's like, it's weird because you poo pooed this originally. Um, because it was a 12 and it was like okay we're not going to sit through a fucking i don't think i poo-pooed it i just said oh i'm surprised it's a 12 yeah and but it was a 12 definitely because there was no nothing you know drug use wasn't it really yeah but there's nothing like for learning so you could like quite it'd be an interesting one for you know um a young'un to sort of watch as a proper sort i say as a proper tense suspenseful thriller horror yeah yeah for somebody to get in it doesn't have that moment i suppose that in misery where she smashes the you know the ankle and stuff out so Mm -hmm. you haven't got that winston moment i suppose but yeah i think you could like sit down with kid and say if you want to watch a proper suspenseful one here you go it's not too bad there's no blood there's no gore apart from you feeling like really uncomfortable through it that's probably what you're going to do and that's what you should feel in a horror i suppose um but yeah, the music was good, and it was quite a smart, I think, think movie. Um, I don't know who the director is, but I don't know if they've done anything else. I did enjoy the twist, twisty twist, I suppose, the final twist and the final dagger in at the end. I did enjoy that a little bit. That didn't sit well for No? No. Okay. I just, I thought it was a bit cheesy-ish at the end I was I, I think they should have ended it where they ended it the first time and not really carried it on because um, yeah I, I, that's just my own opinion I just I, I just thought it was a bit much well the director um, he's wrote and directed Searching which I never actually seen yet no I haven't seen that no um, and that's the one with um, John Cho who like is looking it's all about him in front of his computer pretty much isn't it mm-hmm that was that was it. That went to cinema. So you can imagine, maybe Run. Oh, might. definitely. Run had a theatrical release date. Oh, cool. It, it okay. Got put back because of COVID, and then uh, I think Hulu picked it up in the states, and then we got it on Netflix. So it was originally going to be a big release, um, but yeah. Hmm. Which would have been weird because it would have been a, quite a pedestrian sort of movie, I would have thought. But again, it would had all those Stephen King elements around it. Um, an air of mystery so it would have done done better than something it would have been you know sat better than some of the other ones that we've watched in, on cinema like fucking Fantasy Island made it to cinema oh yeah I, de- I definitely think it would be a cinema release <laughs> it's, wor- it's worthy of a cin- cinema release definitely yeah, definitely that would have been definitely one that you'd have used your cine world pass to go and see rather than just paying outright for it though wouldn't it 100% mm, I can imagine this would have been the sort of thing they probably would have previewed as well 
like uh, unlimited preview. Yeah, I agree. We I agree. will get back hopefully soon. But yeah. apart from that, there's not much really to worth to be discussing. I don't know about you. It's not a very deep film. It's very much <laughs> not. Just, it's just very. It's like like I said. I just I kept thinking. It's like misery. As was like misery light. It's misery without the unreal tension. You know the like your misery where that he puts the ornament around the wrong way, and even you as a viewer don't really realise he's done it until mm. she tells him he's done it, and you're like, oh shit. And then there wasn't any of that type of stuff. And I was waiting for that. I was really waiting for that. There's going to be some real bit where she cocks up here. But it was almost like everything she did, her mother had cut her off at the pass anyway. Um, so I don't know. It was, it was, but it was just, I just wanted a bit more meat on the bones, I think. I think that's yeah. What I'm with you. Yeah. Just, a, just something more for me. But I, I, I enjoy, it was an in, you know, enjoyable watch of a movie. So... Um, it's a bit of just a bit of a weird one. It's just there's not, you know, there's not that moment in there where you can just go like nobody's. I mean, there's no, there's no deaths in this movie. Well, the, post- the postman dies, doesn't he? Don't know, does he? She, he just well, so. I mean, comes she up, she, gets, she had blood on her uh, sleeve, didn't she? Mm. And she looked down and goes, "She's all right," but you know, she's really killed him. Right. Funny, funny thing. Um, what's uh Do you remember Tailgate? Yes. It's completely off the cuff here. Tailgate, that Dutch movie, is yes. on Now TV. Oh. Thought I'd nice. uh, mention that. So it did. There's loads of shit on Now TV from Frightfest. Come to back. Come to daddy. Anyway. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was much I wanted, more I want to talk about this movie, I suppose. Um, do you want to rate it? I suppose we haven't really talked about it for that long, but do you want to rate it? Well, yeah, let, let Jordy Paul go first. He's the guest. I'm going to give it, like, I enjoyed it. Decent central performances. Just, I, I suppose, for me, I just wanted a bit meatier. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I, I think that's fair. I think 6 is um, um, pretty fair. It's a little bit above average, I could say. Um, it was worth it just for the, all the performances. It was a generally really good film. Uh, well acted by both by the lead actresses and by Paulson alone. Um, just needed something more to kind of elevate it i think into the, the top the top tiers how about I you think, I th- yeah i think six is fair because like the fact of the matter is like you said like maybe being a 12 is the reason why they wanted to keep it low at a 12 and maybe that's the reason why they didn't want to go more but like i said sarah paulson alone both of the characters were really good that was that was the performances from both characters it wasn't like sarah paulson just like run the show the whole time like she could have done she didn't, which was good. So it was fifty-fifty the performances between the both. So that alone, I think, it, yeah, six is is a fair, a fair rating. All right then. So that's uh, run with Sarah Paulson. Six out of ten. Draw one last breath. Wicked. I suppose on next episode we've got quite a few to choose from. But I think if I had to vote, Matt, for next episode, I would put the one that's popped onto Shudder. That we discussed a couple of uh, weeks ago, power. I think yeah, that, that. I think might that might be the one to watch for next episode. It does look fucking rather, rather, rather slinky and rather good. Cool. And it's going to shit my pants because I'm going to end up watching it by myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a shit my pants moment. I think. Um, right. It's yes. over to Mr. Jordy Paul for this one. 
Right, so pressure of something to scream about was on me this week. So um, I was, I thought you'd already done this before, but um, you, you haven't. So I just want to sort of pick your brains. And I was, I have been watching quite a lot of TV rather than films recently. So I just thought, what is your favourite all-time TV horror show? Dun dun dun. Oh, I Go mean, on, Paul, I'll let you take. I'll, I'll let you take the first. This is hard, man. I could do like at least six or seven. Like, are we doing only one? Let's just do what? one. Okay. Well, I've got, okay. I've got, I've got, I've got a few honourable mentions as well, which I'll do afterwards. I think, but I, okay. My, my obvious choice. Ah, oh, God, this is hard. I know. I mean, I could have included like because it's really hard because you could include miniseries. I could include Stand in there and and yeah, it. Of course you can. Yeah. They were TV miniseries as well, man. So it could easily be it. But I think for a rewatchability alone, um, it's Stranger Things for me. Um, it's fucking absolutely knocked my fucking socks off immediately after watching. I mean, obviously you've got it to thank for that a lot of it anyway, so it's kind of hard. But I think those those characters there and the kid the kid actors are just like absolutely ex- exceptional in in the roles that they played. You had Renona Ryder in it as well. It was just like absolutely. Um, I think she she did an absolutely stunning job um but the kids alone for me and the fact that it's got three seasons i mean the first and they get better i personally think like watching watching them back i i can it used to be like i could watch the first season and be like yeah that's that's uh that's fucking good and it's scary as well and the monster's scary and believable as well the whole fucking thing is like proper it's proper horror and it's got the stamp of the 80s it's sort of like it was right in the mix of this whole 80s sort of revival as well. Um, nostalgia mixed it mixed in. Um, but for me, it got better. And season three is one of my favourite things in the world to watch. I could rewatch that. I think when they grew up just a little bit more and they were just a little bit more, I don't know, cocksure, I suppose. And then they had these and, and it had one of my favourite moments, I think, in, in TV ever is Dustin fucking singing never ending story still and i know i know that's like so obvious but it's just like it was just so epic whilst all this fucking chaos of this weird slime demon thing and i don't think that the slime demon's not the the best bad guy the best bad guy for me is still from season one was the demogorgon the demogorgon you know forget about the little demi dogs or whatever they fucking called them the demogorgon is the scariest fucking monster going in horror i think um and the kids i mean we had you know had 11 with some fucking wicked powers and you um yeah some it's just like a coming of age horror movie it's like it but for modern day it sort of elevated it and it it could be easily be up there for me to talk about but for me the second part um falls away the second half when it's their adults it kind of i'm yeah. not it pisses me off because they're just not there as they don't do as good a job as the kids. Um, whereas I think Strange Things, the, all of them, like fucking Hopper is fucking genius in his like cop role. And the, like the fight in, uh, with him and the Russian, fucking great. 
there's just so many cool fucking moments in like all 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 across it. And that's for me, it's like Strange Things is like yeah. If I was being and that is and I think it's out and out horror. A lot a lot although it's coming of age and all that story and stuff as well, the horror moments are fucking absolutely fantastic and they play with colour so well in that third season when they bring in that sort of real eighties and they do it all throughout but that it really marked like has that mark um in season three when it's got all that colour of the mall and stuff like that. But going to the um secret cinema and like seeing it acted out in three D in four D or whatever they you call it, the the live action um theatre was nuts. And it was fucking freaky, especially when they started coming into the crowd. It was so well done, and it just sort of brought out the horror even more. I love it so much, and I'll re- and I'll re- I'll keep rewatching that. Like Game of Thrones is sort of like, and no, that's not really horror, but like Game of Thrones was a staple for me. But as always, I could always rewatch Strange Things. It always make always makes me happy. So yeah, that's for me. That is Strange Things. Cool. Good pick. Good pick, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you with Stranger Things, but I'm not going to pick that because obviously I would. But <laughs> And I think you're dead on right with everything you said there, absolutely everything. And I think the reason why it's so good is because it's taken every single element from everywhere and everything that we love and mashing it up and put it in an, in an era that we absolutely love. So And it gives nods to everything. So without all the stuff we loved before it, there would be no Stranger Things. And and also the music, obviously the music's amazing, immense yeah. soundtrack, yeah. score, everything, and it's just got better and better. The fucking intro, man, is just yeah. like one of the it's, best intros. It's amazing. They made a modern a modern horror story, but wrapped in a, a lovely nostalgic blanket, and it, I, they just do it so well. And I, like, if you if you do too much nostalgia just for the sake of it, it just becomes tacky and shit and lame, and you go, oh. but they just nail it. You know, and mm. the Ghostbuster suits on the for Halloween, but they don't really make a massive, huge deal about it, really. Mm. But you're sat there going, "Oh my god, look at that!" Look at you know, I they know, they know what, they're doing. what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And like you said, for the horror, the, the horror, it's it's fucking scary, man. <laughs> like the demogorgon, it's scary. So. Yeah, that whole upside down invention is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's spot on. The, like the casting, like you said earlier, is just. They just know what they're doing. Everybody they cast, we're going to get this person, we're going to get that person, we're going to get Sean Astin, which was fucking amazing, you know what I mean? That scene in the car, like when he's talking about, um, which he's basically talking about the fact that he was, he saw the clown in Derry, which I think is genius. I think that is fucking genius. So subtle and undertone. And his death is fucking just heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I to, I, do you know what? I haven't seen uh, absolutely loads of kind of horror TV stuff. Not in my, uh, I think I feel a bit bad when I was looking back at the list and stuff, trying to figure out what I would pick. I haven't seen a great deal of horror TV stuff. Um, but I'm gonna, for me, I'm something that really kind of like blew me away that I did watch. So obviously, yeah, I'm with you, probably Stranger Things, but. I think I'm going to go with um, Black Summer, the zombie Netflix show, TV show. So glad you picked that. So glad. Yeah. <laughs> because basically I was just like, I was just like, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm going to watch it, but, you know, it's we're at a point now where, again, like zombie stuff's been, you know, 
we've had a few films now. We've had obviously Walking Dead, which I also love, but that can go be up and up and down. I do love it, but it it has its moments. But with Black Summer, I just thought it brought a whole new edge to it, and the way it was just filmed, and the way the characters were, and it was like Walking Dead, but sharp hits with an excellent cast but then the way it all tied in and the way you followed them and all the stories intertwined and the ending, which I'm not going to spoil, was just the craziest last kind of like 40 minutes of the show was just in fucking sane. Insane. Um, And I just thought, for something that I just binge watched and I just want to watch the next one and the next one and the next one, uh, it just really, really, really blew me away. Um, and the second one's coming out apparently this year. They've started filming it, so they reckon it'll be this year, maybe next year. So that'd be really, really cool. There's one yeah. word, one word I'd use for that show, and it just sums it up: relentless. Yeah, it yeah. just doesn't it's stop. From start to finish, high octane. It's, it's that second episode. Edge of your seat. Yeah. Bite your nails. Holy shit! Run. <laughs> mm, yeah. It's, yeah, so well done, and I love the way the shot from different perspectives of the same scene. Yeah. I thought that was genius from all the different characters. So clever, time. like how they wrote it is just like shit, man. That's complex as fuck, but it all works. Yeah, I think when they when we knew they were doing that, when we saw the second episode, and they sort of was, when you realised that what they were going for when they were, you know, interlacing these characters into this first initial bit, and you had that fucking, and it followed the, the person changing. I yeah. just thought that was fucking epic. I know they've done something similar in like VHS 2, I think it is, but just not as well in uh, as they did in Black Summer. I thought it was fucking incredible. Mm. Yeah, that's a great pick. I had that on my fucking list and stuff. Yeah, that's a good yeah. watch. What about you, Joy Paul? Hit us. Well, you've, you've already mentioned it. So again, like racking your brains and, you know, there's an honourable mentions in there. Black Summer was sort of around, uh, but I'm, I'm going to have to go for The Walking Dead. Ooh, walking dead. <laughs> Paul shows us his tattoo. Um, on his arm, on his arm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think, I just think for probably more the, the amount of time I've invested in it with, with yeah. the comics. Like, obviously, I've done the comics; they're all done now, and it's it's ended. And the show, um, and Matt's right. The amount of peaks, and the, it's got as much troughs as it has peaks, so it has been a bit of a chore sometimes. Um, but I just think, just for a complete show to be done, and differently to the comics as well, how they they sort of kept the main storyline going, but with different characters, and then obviously original characters like Daryl, even though Daryl should have died around season five or six, but you know, that's debatable. Uh, but like Norman Regis can never die. <laughs> I, yeah, we riot. <laughs> I can never, ever, uh, I, the best episode, and I'll never forget, Obviously, I knew what was coming through reading the comics and Negan's just introduction. That whole episode of them just being herded into a space and the whole <laughs> whistle and just little pig, little pig. And the fact, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, right? And I've read articles that hate his character and think he's just too over the top. And, you know, Paul, I'm, Paul I'm agrees. I absolutely think he smashed it and nails it. I generally do. I generally do. And any time, and like even in the late series, any time he's on the uh, show, it just gets better. So yeah, love it, love it. You know, I think that's, it's that's obviously the last series. The last series is going to be starting in August. So 
Yeah. Just going back going back to Negan though, it's also him as a character, but then it's also the writing. It's like the way he talks and the way he yeah. presents himself and the way you kind of find yourself you fucking hate the guy, like to the ends of the earth. And the way he just the slowly, subtly wins you round and he starts talking about things and twisting things and talking about but this and that and you're like, Oh yeah, he's actually quite right and the whole ethos and what he talks about is is just so clever writing. The writing is so clever. You just want to see more of him. It's like, as much as he is a complete bastard, you just want yeah. to see more of him. But it's not just him. I mean, like, I love the governor bits. I thought David Morris, he was unbelievable as the governor. Like, the Whisper War, after sort of a, taking a bit of a nosedive after the whole sort of saviours, and then bringing, like, Samantha Morton in as Alpha was just a, a complete masterstroke. And just that whole thing, like... Beta, you know, and like, yeah, love it. And the fact that obviously going to Walker Con the other other year and like meeting some of them as well, and the enjoyment they get out of that, and obviously the enjoyment they get from the show, yeah, I think it just really I, I had to put that up there, even though I do get frustrated with it at times. I think as a as a full body of work, it will be the box set I buy when it's all finished, and I'll go through it again. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a good watch. I've re, I've, I've done the binge watch and stuff, like that, and it's a good watch. But it, it dies for me when they introduce Jeffrey D. Morgan um, oh, a little bit, um, because, uh, mainly because um, of Rick turning into this fucking absolute sweaty, yeah, uh, mess, miserable, shitty mess. I lost complete not, and I just lost. This, I want. I, I needed him out of it. As soon as he gets, you know, as soon as he is out of it and he gets taken off in the helicopter and all that sort of stuff, I began to enjoy it again. When Wisp, when the, when, when it did the flash forward with, um, uh, oh God. Judith. Judith. And, and, and I was like, yes. And with all the Whisperer stuff, I thought, yes, they've done well. And they did well with the spikes in the, um, because that was a big pivotal scene in the book where yeah. they had all the, the boundary layout and all that says and the changes of who that dies and not. And when I, when I saw them take Edith out in the fucking, I was like, oh, I want to give you a round of applause right now. That's fucking, that has destroyed me a little bit. You can, yeah. you know, and anyone else, you know, the book, it was like Rosita and Ezekiel and it was like, oh, you bastards. Um, the double whammy though, I just, I think they ruined the whole thing. I just think they ruined it by doing, and it makes me physically sick watching it. <laughs> the Glenn thing was too far, I think. Yeah. I think they could have got, re- I think they should have, because they replaced Abraham's death with like, um, with that woman, I can't remember. Yeah. And uh, they shot, yeah. they shot the nurse. And they replaced, so I was like, okay, Abraham's pivotal, he's great fucking uh smash his fucking head in and they did and i was like yes don't you dare touch glenn don't you da-? and then they did it and they did it too much his eye popping out i mean it was ace in the comic and it worked in the comic 100 percent. yeah but i didn't believe jeffrey dean morgan at the early is too skinny for me he wasn't as <laughs> he, he wasn't as broad he wasn't as broad he wasn't as like his fucking he wasn't as uh he was a lot more i felt he's a lot more um i don't know scary in the comics than he was in the uh, in the TV show, but I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan as a as an actor, so it's a kind of a conflict in me. But yeah, great. Fuck. It has to be up there, mate. It's, Have you watched the last but... episode, Paul? Uh, yes, that fucking scene with all the zombies and that when they run them off the fucking side of the cliff. I haven't watched the latest ones. If you all right, okay. Cool. Well, so the I... latest ones, the latest ones will probably divide opinion a bit more because it's they are just filler episodes. Cause yeah, I've heard, and I'm not gonna. I probably won't watch them because I'm not well, gonna. The watch last them. one is all Negan's backstory. 
Oh, I don't really care. Because his wife's in it. It's real. It's very, it's very good. It is very good. Yeah, well, they did it. I've got Negan Lives. I've got the comic. I don't yeah. <laughs> but he, it's very good because you think they're going to, like, I was a bit worried by doing his backstory. They were going to make him into a, like, really nice guy. And you were going to be like, oh, poor Negan, when actually you sort of forget about what he's done. But they don't. Okay. He's like, you sort of fit, you root for him, but you also know he's a complete bastard at the same time. So, uh, no, it is worth a watch. But, yeah. All right. What and dead for me. So. Okay, cool. I mean, that's good. That's a fucking epic conversation. But there are so many others to fucking, that we that we forget, that we've got to kind of just mention. Um, the Exorcist uh, TV show was fucking, I thought was incredible for yeah, me. Of course, I had my money. That. You were going to pick Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I almost did. Uh, America, <laughs> hey, just for just for the episode of Hush alone. Anyway. Yeah. Um, American Horror Story season one, Murder House. Um, I love the rest of them, but Murder House was for me when it was. I remember talking to Matt about it at the time. That fucking intro was one of the is one of the best, still one of the best intros ever. That for Murder That's House, a, a splendid series. That that oh, first oh. season was fucking phenomenal. The Haunting of Hill House has got to be worth a watch. Very near my top yeah. list. Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita Diet. Not on my with, list. Um, Drew Barrymore <laughs> and Tim, Timothy Olyphant. Funnily enough. Did you ever watch Outcast? Outcast, it's fucking great. Uh, I can't yeah. remember the kid act. I can't remember the dude in it, but um, he was good. I've got the comics as well of Outcast. It's a fucking yeah. good comic. Um, Penny Dreadful is worth a fucking shout out. Billy fucking Piper. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Pet the Fades. Do you remember that Channel 4? Oh, yeah, the fades were really good. Fucking incredible. I love the fades. And you can re- if you rewatch it, it's so fucking good, man. Yeah, they're, they're sort of my honourable mentions. What else you got? I was, gonna, I was thinking, I know it's not all horror, but Black Mirror would have been in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. Black yeah. Mirror. Fucking hell, yeah. Uh, we talk, we talk about it so much on the podcast and stuff like that, but yeah, Black Mirror. Okay, we mention it every podcast. Everything I'm is so Black Mirror. Mirror. You should Everything. just do an episode devoted to it and pick out your favourite episodes. There's oh, another. There's, there's so many good ones though. Yeah, that's a not a bad show. That's actually. like picking your favourite child. <laughs> I just think it might be either the paedophile one or um, that one with um, Matey Boy from Dead Man's Shoes. With the, it's, I, I love the concept of being able to yeah. rewind and see yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that concept. I think it's so that's, fucking that's cool. That's one of my favourites, I think. One of them. I tell you, I tell you what was on my list, um, and it's a bit of an old one. Obviously, I was thinking the X Files as well. But did you ever watch a series called Falling Skies? Yeah, that's not fuck. You can't call that horror. That's very. That's too sci-fi, man. Wow. What them little them them worm things are crawling in your mouth? If well, you have, if you're having Falling Skies, I'll put V up there. Then. I was going to wait for that. <laughs> I the V-bomb. Fucking <laughs> that sand monster. There we go. Fucking... Well, if lizard alien people ain't horror, I don't know what is, so... Then V's up there. Yeah, <laughs> What about you, Matthew? You, you, I reckon you see more than you think. I'm, you know, I don't know, man. I, like, I, I pretty much... Uh, the only thing that I had different... I, I really enjoyed American Horror Story Hotel because I thought Lady Gaga's performance mm. was fucking phenomenal in that. Was just, and I really enjoyed that. Um, because I just like the way they shot, shoot things in American Horror Story and they, they kind of put all the different kind of genres, um, mix it up and their casting is, is fantastic. And yeah. I really liked, uh, was it Covenant? Covenant? Covenant. I like Coven. Covenant was good. Covenant was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's gone a little bit off the ball at the moment. Um, 
but I, I, I need to catch up really. I really want to watch the one, the slasher kind of eighties one. Yeah, I do too. Actually, I've seen a pop. I think it would be good. But obviously, there's like you said, mention X Files, but there's older stuff like Twilight Zone for fuck's sake, yeah. Creep, Creep Show, Creep Show, yeah, you know, Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Crypt, <laughs> e- Eerie Indiana. Oh, now we're talking American Gothic. Even oh. even round the twist. Yeah, I was thinking round the twist. <laughs> it's got some horror edges to it, man. There's some fucking episodes. I'd love to get the box set of like um, Twilight Zone. Just fucking. I, I've that. really, I've always been eyeing that up for a long time. I'm waiting for it to go down in price because it's like seventy pounds. Have you watched any of the new Twilight Zone? No, but they're meant to be absolutely brilliant. It is very, very good. Well, we forgot love. We've got Lovecraft Country. Yep, that's a good shout. Fucking, that was. Awesome. And um, the one, the Stephen King book that I watched um, recently that was out. Um, uh, outsider. Outsider. Yeah, that was quite good. That under, was the, under the dome. I mean, it was good for the first couple of episodes, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Moving on. Moving. <laughs> right. That was great. Great conversation. Cheers for bringing that. So, moving on to our movie from the vault. Oh, it's a wonderful apartment. I love it. See what she's trying to do? She's trying to get you lower the rent. <laughs> oh, please, let's take it. Oh, you're pregnant? No, not yet. No, you're not religious, my dear, are you? You know how actors are, they're all a bit self-centered. I dreamed someone was raping. We have to make a baby. Dr. Hill? Congratulations. You're pregnant. Now to a fine, healthy baby. Here, here. I have a pain. Here. Pregnant women gain weight, they don't lose it. Pain like that is a warning that something isn't right. It's alive! We're your friends, Rosemary. What I picked for this week was Rosemary's Baby from Rowan Polanski, 1968. A young couple trying for a baby move into a fancy apartment in New York, surrounded by peculiar neighbours. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's probably not the best way to start, but hey, Uh, 
I mean, Rosemary <laughs> Baby from 1968, starring the wonderful Mia Farrow. Um, and uh, directed by the uh, <laughs> ousted Roman Polanski. For, uh, you know, he's done, he's done some naughty stuff, hasn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> Controversial. Yeah, we, we don't need to talk about all that stuff. No, we won't go into the political side of Roman Polanski. We just appreciate his art, shall we? Uh, fantastic filmmaker, terrible person. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it in a nutshell, really. <laughs> but yeah, where, where do we start with this? this movie i mean yeah so mia farrow is is carrying this movie obviously on her own we've got a young couple um she's got a prick husband that <laughs> obviously loves himself uh, uh, good old guy yeah and uh they've moved into this massive nice apartment block gothic absolutely yeah. beautiful like apartment block in new york is incredible yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing we'll get on later is, is just the location was amazing. But So they move into this uh, apartment block and some strange shit starts going on after they meet some fucking weirdo neighbours that just can't leave them alone. Um, neighbours from hell. Yeah. But what I want to talk about real quickly is the way this film opens. It's like a freaking love story or something or a comedy. La 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 la. The, the titles come up and it's like the, it's like in pink. It looks like some it's going to be some kind of comedy romance kind of movie, which I think yeah. is going to fuck with your head a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because straight from the bat of this movie, what I always remember from the first time I watched it is the use of colours in this movie is in fucking sane. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, he's he's a big filmmaker, and you know, he likes all these close-up shots and and long takes uh, and with no breaks. And he's not one for ad lib ad libbing and stuff like that. But the color set on this on is so clever with the greens and the yellows and the and it just sets the mood for things. Like it's all bright and airy and and lovely in one part and then as the movie goes on the colours change and it gets darker and darker and moves with the movie I just thought it was so clever really really clever yeah and there's barely any black in it as well until mm. like the the, you know, the end and even the funeral scene and stuff like that but yeah the, the colours are really important and the palette is like you said is fucking incredible um, but the rooms and all that sort of stuff are absolutely nuts. And this is like the one art film that maybe Matthew actually likes by the sounds of things. It's very <laughs> art, right? <laughs> uh, but it is like one of the first art horror movies, isn't it, in terms of style? I don't know. I'm quite a fan of this sort of stuff, like that sort of stuff. I mean, this, you know, without without this movie, it wouldn't pave the way for films like Exorcist and kind of the omen you know it's like this is the but you've got to think about the fucking time this was made let's just talk about that for a start you know it's, it's 1968 this film was made and it's it's a quite a controversial thing i can imagine at that time because i didn't remember i know i've only ever seen this once before and it was years ago but i can't remember as much boobs in it there's a lot of boobs but for that t- for that time i wasn't expecting to see anything i thought that was, yeah it's very controversial. You have to kind of think, even like looking at back at it now, you know, she's getting fucking, she gets raped by a, a by, yeah. by a dean, by the Satan himself. Get drugged first. Drugged first. By but, her husband. And I, and I, and I tell you what, I didn't find that 
maybe that disturbing you know it's kind of creepy and it's weird and it's 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 disturbing obviously i might you know i'm sent desensitized but at the time you put yourself in the time of it and like fuck me it's like yeah that would have been rinsed because it was so wrong she was fully naked she was just like getting yeah it was just so um ah uh, yeah it's awful it was fucking it was awful but the the bit that really broke me or got me was when she woke up in the morning and how her husband sort of says ah oh, I, I basically basically he told her that he raped her and she yeah. like, pretty much and thought and thought it was acceptable because it is, he's her husband and that he was a bit drunk yeah and she was like oh she cut and the reaction of her was like Oh, couldn't you just wait till the morning? You know, it wasn't like outrage. And you know, I'm like, fucking hell, if that happened now, you'd be like, fucking get but up. But I think oh. her character was just genuinely just meek and downtrodden and literally just did whatever she was told. Yeah, I know she sort of gained some strength towards the end of the film. And it was sort of that transformation of like, well, no, I, I'm going to sort of take control here. But at the start, it was just pushed around from pillar to post by everybody, really. I would have fucking decked those neighbours. They did my absolute head in. If someone well, talked talk to me like a million miles, the caveat, what are they called? The caveats or whatever they're called? Castavets. Oh, it's like, yeah, Castavets. Get the fuck out of my house. Get out. I, it's my nightmare. It's actually my nightmare. Well, being like, so I, polite that you just get talked into anything. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I couldn't. I, if they were my neighbours they'd be dead because I, cu- I couldn't at all just be severely insulted straight away because I can't handle that shit. Like, whatever about Roman, because at least he was sort of polite, but her. Oh, my God. Mini. Oh, no, uh, no, I couldn't be doing with that. And, like, yeah. But it was... When she, they first meet them, though, and they sort of go, did you notice when he sort of takes him off for, like, a smoke... And then she sort of like peers around the door and she can see the smoke and they're having like a quiet chat. That's obviously the moment that he sort of tapped him up to say, well... Yeah, absolutely. And then when they walk in, like her husband sort of gives her a look as if to say, oh, uh, yeah, everything's okay. And then he goes around the next night. Uh, he and goes, that, oh, I, I want to go back and chat to him some more. Yeah, because I completely forgot how much of a bastard he is. Mm. I, for some reason in my head, I thought he died or he got him out, pushed him out or something. But I didn't realize how instrumental he was to actually, ah, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. You just give birth to the devil and we'll have another one. It'll be fine because I'm famous now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't know if it works like that, Myth. Exactly. Go on, Matt. No, go on. You can't. Can. How does that conversation happen, though? Uh, so, she a virgin? Or <laughs> don't even need to be a virgin. That no, was, that was she, she pregnant. Well, we'd like to use her womb for a bit of a ceremony. They were all going to get naked, and the devil's going to rape her. Uh, impregnate. He probably didn't say rape. He probably sold it differently. He probably said she's going to get impregnated. How does that conversation go? Does he not? Why does he not deck him straight away? Do you reckon he because, was under a spell? Or? Because no, because the deal breaker is that you do this, you will get everything you want. That's yeah. why he starts getting jobs because he makes that deal with them. So then they make shit happen. So he gets the roles he needs to be famous. Oh right. So they start the conversation with look, mate. They, they made that understand that guy. 
that was a, a, on the on Broadway or whatever it was blind. go blind so he could get that role. Then that led on to other things um, to strike that and, deal. And obviously, and I think, a fame hungry whore that doesn't really yeah. care about his wife. Then I don't know if he quite believed them, but I think after he gets the phone call to say this actor's blind and he's now got the part, I think the penny just suddenly drops. Because yeah. he leaves, he goes, oh, I'll, I'll go and tell them. And it's almost like, right, I believe you, what do you need me to do type of thing? Yeah, <laughs> that's completely right. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's all orchestrated because um, there's a part where um, she meets her friend, which is Hutch, who comes around to her and he loses a glove. And it's all orchestrated because the husband comes back. He's in full makeup from where he's just been filming because he's been called by the neighbours to come back, get a glove off of Hutch so they can fuck him over and get him out of the picture. I mean, the way that guy looks at him when he sparks up his, his pipe, if looks could kill, he's like, don't smoke that pipe around her. She's pregnant. And that's the devil she's carrying. But she was obviously, they obviously spotted her when they first moved in because obviously she meets that woman in the laundry room who they must be tapping up, waiting for... And that didn't obviously she's, work out. She's the original to get up the duff. And then it's like, hang on, we'll have you instead. Do you think that's um, because they realised that they obviously had that conversation with her and either killed her, because she didn't obviously commit suicide, and then they decided, actually, we need to go around this in a different way. We need to drug the bitch. Yeah. Because... Telling her and stri- striking up a deal with her ain't going to happen. So next time we do it, we're going to drug her, whoever it is. Yeah. And obviously she, you know, she comes, you know, Rosemary she's, comes along at the right time. She's not fully drugged, is she? Because she only has a little bit of that pudding. So she well, comes, she's kind of hallucinating, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, like, it's fucked that. up. It is so fucked up. It's really weird <laughs> shit. Like, well, I suppose that's why she's, she's semi-conscious. Because she says, oh, I had a dream. She literally wakes up and goes... I, I had a dream I was being raped last night by something inhuman. Yeah, and then she said... And he's and I, like, all right, never mind. That was me. Oh, don't worry, that was me. <laughs> that was me. I, I was in the mood and you want a baby, so hey. And it's like, what are these scratches? Well, I got a bit frisky, you know? It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I've cut my nails. But I, it, but I think it's very of the time where women were probably a lot... You know, that happened. Mm. They were very subservient to their husbands, you know? Mm. And he was like... You wanted a house? I've got you an apartment. You want a baby? Now we're having a baby. Shut up, basically. This is a massive part of it, though. What you touched on earlier is that she's supposed to be put in this situation where she is submi- submissive and she is being told what to do and she isn't allowed to make her own decisions. It's like because she's going all through it, like not making any decisions for herself or having it on a plate. And then when it comes to it, she makes decisions, stupid, not stupid decisions, but she makes a decision to cut her hair short. And that's the first decision she makes out of the movie, which is her decision. And then the, the husband hates it. But this, and this is another thing where I think there's a massive undertone in this of, of, of kind of like being in control and making it feel like she is is not in control and downtrodden yeah like making her downtrodden making her feel like that and i think that's, that's a big undertone that's saying is this right throughout the movie and also the 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 baby inside is obviously having an effect on that as well because i think when she when she cuts her hair that's the start of her looking so 
ill oh, and mate, skinny. And, so shit, and yeah. it's almost like an act of defiance. It's like, no, hang on. You've got to tow the line here. You're like a vessel, so you do what you're told. Because she sort of like agrees to everything, then the pain stops. Mm. It's like, oh, it stops. The pain stops suddenly, and I'm all right now. And then it all goes into that cycle of drink your drink, drink your drink. And she's like, yeah, no worries, great grand. And then all of a sudden, it's all plain sailing from being so sort of, you know, having loads of difficulties with the pregnancy. I just think that like crescendo, sort of when the baby's been born um, and when that all happens and stuff like that, it's so... Um, like messed up they just want to take the baby away and then she's going to have like another one you know oh, we can have another one but she knows something's fucked up and she's going to get her baby and she's going to get see you know what the fuck this is all about and when she goes upstairs and like all the the cupboard no she doesn't didn't she she breaks through the cupboard yeah there's that secret cupboard where secret she was cupboard. Off. yeah but yeah that fucking woman really pissed me off the woman who came in with um the old, the other, the other old namer, Rini, Minnie. Minnie's the neighbour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. They came, in, they, one, they came in one time and just sat down and just started knitting furiously. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> like, all of a sudden, loads of old people just arrived. You're like, hang on, what's, what's going on? But like all those people, and there's like, there's you know a bit of a weird. You know, they said this about like like Breakfast at Tiffany's. You had the um the the Japanese guy with the camera. It's like all these weird, all these other people in the coven who are in the coven, and this weird—it's is it Italian guy that comes? Oh, a gr- random Greek guy rocks up. Yeah, are we supposed to know who he is and stuff like that? It's like all this weird shit. I suppose they—they're like people of wealth, and there's the whole thing is around wealth and power and all this sort of stuff. But but Minnie, or would you say her name was Minnie? Oh no, Minnie's the neighbour, her friend with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, the one who sticks her tongue out. Like, yeah, yeah. that's so funny. I actually laughed at that when she's like. Oh, you go and you go and rock him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird scene, and then obviously she goes and approaches the the cradle, the final cradle scene. It's so fucking like his eyes. What have you done to his eyes? But she loves it. She doesn't give a shit. It's her baby. She's going to nurse it. I think this is the whole point of it. Is just like it's that question, isn't it? That you can you can you disconnect from something that you've been carrying and give birth to. Can you get over the fact that even though this is like the worst thing ever, you've still got a bond with it and you still want to be involved with it? Because at the end of the day, she was she badly, badly wanted a child. But it, but also probably because the but the child sort of gave her. I feel like the child, as it grew, sort of gave her more confidence as well. I think, like, she was growing in confidence as the baby was sort of getting more. Maybe she sort of had that real bond because, you know, she got more, she got strength from it. Mm, I don't know. I don't know whether that was just because the pain had stopped and then she was enjoying her pregnancy. And they're like, yeah, they're they're setting you up for this. But in fact, they're going to, because the fact that when she tries to get away and everything and and gets done over by the what you think is going to be the good doctor, um, it's just everything is pointing to for, towards her to conform her eyes to everything that they want her to do because she is just simply a vessel. I mean, you know, it's just it's just crazy. Like even the even the things where they're like, don't read books, don't don't read a book. Where the one book that she actually gets, the witchcraft book, get, that even that gets taken away from her. It's just like everything is she is stripped of everything. 
It's just, yeah. You notice, you know, when he takes a book off her and puts it on the bookshelf. Mm. Did you notice the book titles? Yes, I did. The red books. Yeah. No, go on. One of them was Sexual Behaviours in Men. Yeah. That that was quite apt. And the other one was Sexual Behaviours in Women. Was it? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But that's that's weird, that bit with, yeah. It's just, um, the whole thing's just creepy, and it's just like, you do feel sorry for her, and you just think, you just wanted to go in there and use that knife on all of them because you just despise what they're doing and you just hate them and you just wanted to do something about it. And it's like in most horror movies made or most movies like this after, you definitely get an, a, a point where, right, we're going to end it like we are, where she's going to succumb to it and actually go, well, fuck this, I'm at this point now, so I'm just going to go with it. Or, you know, is she going to grab the baby and jump out the window like most movies would end nowadays? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, which you just wish he had. I'll just chuck the baby out the window. Just like, because you get to that point and she just drops a knife and then you know that it's over. Because they, you know, they're all shouting, Hail Satan. And, and like, she goes over and starts rocking it and she just, her whole face changes. And you just know that's it. That's the end. Yeah, I think the aggression with which Hail Satan comes out as well. Mm. She's like, What's going on? And then they're like, Right. It's like, what have you done to his eyes? And then all of a sudden it's like, right, hail Satan! She's like, shit. Well, <laughs> the, the guy is a little mouse in that scene. Yeah. He is he is now a fucking subservient. That's the... Oh, yeah, the, the rat. He's, he is he's a little rat and he knows he's been a rat and he's he's a little mouse and he's got no control, no no power. He has no power in that in that room whatsoever. She has more than him. She's yeah. great. She's a really interesting sort of... Um, dynamic change well, yeah, yeah because they still need after the, the breast milk and stuff they still need her and that's what is sort of but they don't need him no and he Apparently, tries to crawl up to her and say right now we're famous and we've got everything we ever wanted and it's and she spits in his face as if to say no that was good that i like that bit the yeah. um the, the good thing about this apparently this is like the most true to the book because obviously it's originally a book it's literally like page for page there's like i think there's like two subtle differences um in the movie and i think at the end as well well they i don't think they did in the movie but they all start chanting her name like hell hell rosemary as well so it makes her feel even more important and like basically resigned to her fate it's just like it's it's really clever i just think it's all an all-around clever movie i mean i i popped this on and i thought oh shit i'll just watch it i'll pop it in at nine o'clock thinking i couldn't remember the runtime i looked at runtime i was like fucking hell two hours and 17 minutes and i just sat there and i, I thought i'll watch half today and half tomorrow and i thought fuck it i was into it it's just uh, it, it is a slow but you would call it a slow burning film but hmm. it doesn't feel too much of a slow burn like sometimes you watch things and you're like come on he's gonna get on with it but this what this one really just sort of it takes its time but there's always it's always keeping interest if that makes sense yeah, yeah. the build-up is is brilliant the pacing is brilliant yeah pacing is perfect and like the stylistic approach to it and the way he sets mood and tension and the way he sets um creates horror from nothing from like a phone call or like a simple shot of like a glass or something like that. you immediately feel that something's wrong it's very cleverly done yeah, um, it's not like out and out horror, is it? It's like it's, you're right. It's just like subtle things, so subtle things. It's, it's a cult horror, movie. It's a cult movie, isn't it? I suppose at the end of the day, and just watching her, just watching her disintegrate. Because I know, I know she wasn't the, the the 
plumpest of women going in. But it's just the the the, the makeup, uh, just the, how they dress her and everything like that, and how, like you said, the use of color, just to sort of she's not in a good way. There's something wrong here. Did you notice as well? As far when she gets to the end, they start making her wear like blue, like light blues and stuff, like Mary, the same kind of color as Mary and Joseph. It's really clever, really clever. Just, um, have you got that shit? Have you got any uh, Matt's facts? Of course, I got some Matt's facts. So first of all, I just want to say like, how the fuck did Mia Farrow not? I repeat that, not get an Oscar for this role. Who got the Oscar that year? I don't know, but I'll tell you, you did get an Oscar in this movie. Only Minnie, the next door neighbour. Margaret, is it, uh, what's her name? It was um, uh, Ruth, Ruth Gordon. Did she? Yep, and this is the this is the movie that actually pole vaulted her career even more so, give her a resurgence, because she's in Harold and Maud. I don't know if you remember that movie, Harold and Maud. But yeah, anyway, that she won an Oscar and Mia Farrow didn't. What the fuck? Anyway, so another one. Obviously, Mia Farrow was was married at Frank Sinatra when she went into making this movie. He was not best happy about the fact that she was making this movie. He was actually quite disgusted by the content and told her not to do it. And apparently he, she, Mia Farrow, received the divorce papers on set of Rosemary's Wow. Yeah, and then the, uh, the director said, look, don't leave, stick with us. Apparently they showed her the daily shots of what they've been doing and said this this film is going to like make your career, you know, this film is going to give you an Oscar. At the party scene uh, that Rosemary uh, has at her, her flat, um, there's actually a real-life cult member at that party. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the Buddhafield cult. Uh, they're like a yoga cult like and there's a crazy documentary all about them and then and they're apparently nuts but he's there's a guy that they do a close-up up there and he's he's there which i thought was quite weird um now like every other horror movie there there is a, a, a apparently a known curse about this movie so if you put the pieces together um it's shot at the dakota hotel obviously where john lennon was shot outside in 1980 um now the weird thing is that it, this is the weird thing. Now John Lennon obviously was in the Beatles. They did How to Scout Her, and that connects them to the Manson family, which then Manson obviously family went and killed Sharon Tate when she was heavily pregnant, and she was married to Roman Polanski. And all these connections, everybody says, is like really like a curse on the film. Which is really weird if you think and you put all those together. It's fucking pretty crazy. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Because William Castle, the producer as well, always said there's a curse on it as well because he had numerous things happen to him as well. Uh, in his, and he, he, he had loads of threats and stuff saying, why, why have you brought the, the devil to the earth and stuff like that and had loads of death threats and stuff down it, which is really crazy. Um, the shot where uh, Mia Farrow is eating the liver, that was actually real chicken liver. And she was a vegetarian at the time and she actually ate that. And also the shot where she's walking through the New, New York street um, and she's heavily pregnant and the car stopped. Apparently Roman Polanski said, right, just walk out there. They'll stop. Don't worry because you're pregnant. 
and literally sent her out there, and that's a real footage of her going through the New York. Um, Fucking oh, yeah. oh, that's mental. Mental. On, if you, just a couple more, if you actually realise when the baby was born, did you catch that? No. What? June, which is a six month, and in 1966, so 666. Oh. Oh. That's when the baby was going to be born. Um, Paul ruined my fact earlier with the bookshelf. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. And I'll tell you, and I want to, I want to say this quote because this is from Mia Farrow. Now, this is pretty crazy. So, the last one, the fact I'm going to give you. Mia Farrow said in a recent interview that the actor playing the devil, Clay Tanner, was completely naked during the rape scene, dressed up in demonic makeup with vertical contact lenses. She said Tanner spent hours grinding on top of her as they were shooting the rape scene. After they were done, he got up, shook Mia's hand in a very cordial businessman type way and said Miss Farrow it was a pleasure working with you Mia shook his hand back and said thank you he was a very lovely man she said and then off he went and disappeared and they didn't see him again but that is shot uh, did he did Roman Polanski put him in a basement somewhere or something did he or? God knows Jesus but that is my max facts there's absolutely loads of other facts like wow. really really cool stuff but I'd just be here all night I'm afraid boys but that's all I've got so cheers that man does. Love your facts. Basically, now it's over to Mr. Paul Bashir for the next episode. No, we got to rate it. Oh, yeah, sorry, we've got to rate it. Sorry, Paul. Paul, Mr. Paul, Geordie Paul. Uh, I'm going to give this. Uh, uh, oh, I'm struggling. 8 out of 10. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. For me, Mr. it's, it's one Bichir. of the staples of. Um, uh, of horror, if, if you had to write a horror list of things to watch, this would be on there um, for for that sort of area. The the the, the shine and the w- what this movie is like got onto even like hereditary and stuff. Uh, you know, this the DNA is on lots and lots of horror. So I'm going to give it a nine for me. Yeah, I, a, I yeah, I personally would have given it a ten. But because it's Roman Polanski, it brings it down one. <laughs> Only one point for fucking a 13-year-old. What do you have to do? Allegedly. Oh, did he get, no, he got convicted, didn't he? We're allowed to say that. We won't get sued. So, yeah, I would give it a 9 out of 10 because it is, it's a superb movie. It's, it's, uh, the, it's just everything about this movie. The, the, just the way it's shot, the acting, the eeriness, the, the craziness, the whole fact of it. Even things like uh, urban paranoia that's put in it and in New York City, even that's chucked in. And the fact that she's just been victimised a whole time she's in the movie and told what to do and the way she comes out of it at the end, the way it's written and the way that it's like Paul said, it's just it's just made that way for other movies like that to be made. And for the time it was made as well, all day, nine out of ten. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't get a lot of the exploitation movies of the seventies and stuff out without this, because you know it's got the, that scene with the, and the yeah, it's 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 DNA is everywhere. It's fucking good. Can I bring it up to a nine? Because I was thinking of it. <laughs> no, nope. so I'll I'll agree. You've convinced me a nine, but yeah, nine out of ten. Oh, half breath. Nine out of ten. Okay, so then it's down to you, Mister Butcher. What you got up for us for the next episode from the I'm movie not- from the vault? 
I'm not going to stray far from 1968, actually. Oh, my God, really? In fact, I'm going to go for a... We're going to go and compare a movie that from the same year as 1968. And we're going to watch George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Awesome! <laughs> Just, you know, if you're allowed 1968, I'm allowed 1968 too. So yeah, I'm, I'm all over that, mate. Joy. A joy. This is the second movie that we've reviewed in the... Uh, the Romero Living Dead series because we've already done Dawn of the Dead so still plenty to go well there'll be another four after this to do you're a liar because we did the crazies no I'm talking about in the Of the Dead series oh okay I'll let you off yeah third third George A. Romero movie that we've reviewed which is great okay so yeah that packs a fucking great episode I suppose next episode we've got to say um Thanks to Geordie Paul for coming on to episode 75. What a fucking treat. Always, always a pleasure, lads. Always a pleasure. Every 25 episodes we're getting on. <laughs> <laughs> Every 25 episodes. You can't have my Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> That'll be our own curse. <laughs> Next episode, we're going to bring you uh, Power from Shudder. Our Sunday Scream About, we'll let you know on next episode. And our movie from the vault which I just pulled Night of the Living Dead 1968 George A. Romero and there's now only one more thing to say when there's no more room in hell is another podcast I am the devil and I am here to do the devil's work you can follow us on Twitter at Draw One Last Instagram at Draw One Last Breath or pop us an email at Draw One Last Breath pod at hotmail.com <laughs> <laughs>